Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes about uh, the cost of carrying the Christ. The cost of carrying the Christ. Carrying a baby, as I am learning, because I've been around people quite a lot here recently, and my sister particularly, carrying a baby is exhausting. And the mom said, amen. Um, I've been kind of getting, you know, little, little, little bits and pieces, you know, at, at this time, um, just uh, holding Ellery. She's, she's, she, she, she's all there. She's, she's a good, she's a healthy baby, and I love it. And she's just so happy. I was carrying her, and I was like, you know, I'm a full-grown man. <laughs> I don't know if I need to get in the gym or what, but, man, this is a, whew, these moms are the real deal. Because I switched arms three or four times in one song. <laughs> like, this is, this is exhausting. Oh, she was just happy as a clam. Um, I, I, cha- I helped me and Michael changed Austin the other day. Whoa. What's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> Caring for a baby is exhausting. Carrying a baby is exhausting. Uh, Emily has been carrying it, and you know, it's still in here. I don't know if you noticed that or not. <laughs> but she knocked over all the decorations when she turned around to testify. <laughs> oh, and it's all belly. It's all belly, girl. I'll pay for that afterwards if I don't rectify that. But, oh, boy. I mean, she's been sick. She's been just throwing up. I mean, I can't count the times that I have just held, held her hair like that or, you know, just sickness. Been on the, uh, not insulin pump, you've been on the, uh, all the nurses said it at the same time. I need one of you to say that. Zofran pump. Oh, it's exhausting sometimes, right? Carrying a baby is, having a baby, taking care of a baby is not a convenient thing. Read a passage of scripture, Luke chapter 1. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. I love it when people are familiar enough with God to understand um, whenever God says rejoice, it's your lucky day. You're like, is it though? (laughs) Is it though? Or is it like I have to go sacrifice, you know, Isaac on Mount Moriah or am I going to have to, what's the deal? Like, you know, God's blessings take maturity to even really apprehend and that's why he has to come to mature people. And that's why you see that operating in their lives. He said, blessed are you among women. And she was, she was wise to him. And she said, she was troubled at the saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. The angel then said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. 
and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I do not know a man, I'm a virgin. Like how, how, can that, how can these things be? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Because up until now, um, the Pharisees would have been right. Until, until this part of the, uh, of the uh, revelation of the angel Gabriel. Up till this point, you said, okay, so a, a Messiah is going to be born. It's going to be great. And, uh, and he's going to, you know, it's going to be you know, a supernatural thing. He's going to lead his people. He's going to, you know, establish the house of David, the kingship. It's going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden he said, he will be the son of God. And she's like, ooh. Things just got a lot more serious in the narrative. The Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this now, the sixth month for her, who was called barren. Amen. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. He said it's going to happen because I said it's going to happen. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. She submits herself to the will and to the plan of God. And she said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let me read another passage of Scripture, my shorter one. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. He said to the disciple, Son, behold your mother. From that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for the reading of your word today that we can be together. Didn't have to be like this, and we've learned that this year. But I look out and I see these faces of people that I treasure, people, your people, my family brothers and sisters in Christ, and I say thank you for each and every one of them, but most importantly, thank you for your son, because pandemic or not, problems or not, sickness or not, without you, there's no reason to come together anyway, and so we thank you for the sacrifice of your only son, and that he was born in a manger for us, in Jesus' name, amen. Carrying Jesus was inconvenient to this young woman. There's a cost of carrying Christ. I wonder what she was thinking. You know, she's like, ah. Like, there's just so many layers of of, of how this was a really difficult ask. It was a really difficult time. And she's like, oh, man. Uh, You know, and as, as she is pregnant, and she's starting to get big and pregnant, and she's like, this could not have happened at a worse time. If only I could have had a, 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 um, March baby. Um, that would have been great. That's what I always wanted as well as planning for. You know, like I wanted to have, you know, a spring baby. I wanted to have something else. But not this, not the dead, you know, of this time. And right in the middle of tax season, can't happen after we get the tax return. Had happened right before tax time. And we've got to go. And so she's sitting there and, and they're counting the days. She's like, okay, you know, when was the last time? Okay, so, oh, no. 
you're kidding me. It's like, well, can we go the next month? No, dude, this new Caesar Augustus, he passed the census and this tax. Um, we got to go. So there we are, mile after mile, walking, you know, big and pregnant. She's on a donkey, um, you know, who is probably about as ruly as our sheep was. And Mary is, oh, oh, feeling, feeling every bump in the road. Can you imagine, ladies? Are you kidding me? A donkey ride, nine months pregnant. I had to take my wife to the hospital the other day, and, and my truck rides nice. Oh, but, but, but every, every little thing bumped through it. Ha! Ooh! You know, constant, you know, just like every single one. And so I started hitting them after a little while on purpose. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> like, get my money worth here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, can you imagine a donkey up and down unpaved Judean roads? Just <laughs> going up and down. It's not convenient for this woman to carry Christ and to have him at such a time as this, right? She's thinking, we're not ready. We're not ready. We don't even have our house together. We don't have, you know, we don't have anything. We were supposed to get ready and, and, and married in like a year. Like, you know, there's no, there, there's no stubble on the roof. There, whatever. There's no, there's no mud on the walls. What are we going to do? You know, whatever they had, you know. Okay, everything's a mess. We're not ready for a baby. We're not ready to carry Jesus right now. We don't even have a place yet, maybe. There are a lot of things that Mary just couldn't do with Jesus in her. And it's not always convenient. There are things you cannot do with Jesus in you. And they're not always convenient. Now we all, you know, we, we, we make mistakes and, you know, there's grace for that. And, you know, that's a, it's, a, it's, it's a journey, right? But as a, as a lifestyle and as a vision and as a direction in your life, there are things you cannot continue to do if you're going to carry Jesus inside of you. There comes a time when you're like, man, you know, and some people do, actually, some people say maybe, maybe later. I will carry Jesus when I'm done with the things that I can't carry Jesus and do. And some people live that way. And tragically, sometimes people never do get to the point where you can do can be done with sin. So here's what the Bible says about sin: sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It doesn't say when you're finished with sin. It says when sin is finished, it'll let you know, and it'll be too late. There's a cost of dying to yourself and to the things that you want. So number one cost of carrying the Christ is convenience. The things that I want to do sometimes, the goals and visions that I have, sometimes Jesus will supersede those things, but he's so worth it. The second one, criticism and condemnation. And this is what I've been thinking about. 99, we think of the angels were everywhere, right? It's just a big angel fest in, 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 in Luke 1 and 2. Like there's angels everywhere. You know, everybody kind of is on the same page about what's going on in here. They are not. 99% of the people in Mary's life do not believe that she is pregnant with God. They believe she's a liar. Think about that. Because I was like, oh, yes, and then the angel appeared to Joseph, and then Joseph kind of cleared up the mistake, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, there goes Mary carrying Jesus. No, that's not how it was. I guarantee you. You know why? Because I wouldn't believe her. You know? If, if any one of you guys said, so I had a dream, and I'm carrying, you know, carrying God, I wouldn't have believed you now, and they wouldn't have believed you then. Um, Joseph actually, and I actually had this wrong for like half my life. 
uh, I used to be able to quote Luke 2, you know, the whole story as a kid. And I never really understood because I thought Joseph had already believed her. And he said he did not, the word of God says he did not want to make an example of her publicly and had minded in the KJV to put her away privily, privily which means, you know, privately. So he's, he was just gonna, he was gonna stay with her and handle business and they were just gonna have a small ceremony, you know, on the backside of Nazareth and, you know, two or three people. Um, and then that was gonna be the deal. That's not what that means. He had actually decided to divorce her and break off the engagement. Now he did not wanna make a big like execution deal out of it and like, you know, publicly shame and hit her with rocks, which was the custom. No, that's the custom. You're like, oh, that sounds mean. No, that's the law. So he actually had to bend the rules a little bit spiritually just to walk away and just let it, you know, let it sort itself out. So Joseph had to hear from the angel because he, he, being a just man and a good man, a merciful man, he decided to put her away privily. Um, and that's what it meant to put, put away. Um, he wasn't going to make the public example, but he was out because he didn't believe her. So that teaches me two things. Number one is that... Uh, Joseph didn't even believe until he heard from the angel. So I can't expect that anybody else would either because they didn't get no angels, right? So I propose to you that 99% of the people in her world do not understand what's going on and do not believe. And she has to walk in criticism and shame and condemnation to everybody who's ever meant anything to her in her life. Her mom, her dad, everybody. Sometimes people are not gonna understand what God is doing in you. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, God is, you, people are not gonna understand where God is taking you and why he's doing it. But if you've heard from God and you're walking in agreement with the scripture, the revealed word of God, because there ain't no word of God that disagrees with the written word of God, except for a false word. Okay, so you know for sure that if you've heard the word of God and it's been confirmed and, and it is in agreement with the word of God, that it doesn't matter whatever everyone else's opinions are. It doesn't matter what my family says, friends, uh, work people, um, doesn't matter. You gotta know and you're knower, thus saith the Lord. And you got to operate out of that or you miss the blessing. Amen? Amen. So she's, she's having to do that. And I never thought, I thought it all got cleared up. You know, but it didn't. So she is going there, you know, shamed. She is living under the same shame. I, check this out. I wonder if Mary went to the well at noontime in the heat. Now, some of you Bible people, you, you read your Bible, you understand what I'm talking about. When Jesus meets a woman who is, uh, who is living in shameful you know, uh, sin as a prostitute, um, he goes there because he loves everybody. And he just, he finds them you know, in their brokenness. But he goes there. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this in the middle of the day? And the heat? she's like, I can't go with everybody else because I'm an outcast. I wonder if Mary was having to haul baby Jesus up there pregnant in the heat of the day. Because what other people didn't understand about what God was doing in her life. There is a cost to following Jesus. There is a cost associated with serving Christ, with carrying Christ. You are going to be scorned by the world. Sometimes they might like some of our worship. Sometimes they might like some of the things that we do whenever we're doing something for the community and they come into agreement with that. But your true identity as a Christian is despised by the world because you preach the gospel, an exclusive gospel. And in the end, Sin and Christ can't coexist in the same space. That's why Jesus got nailed on a cross. That's why he said, take up your cross and follow me because you're going to get, to some degree, in some way, shape, or form, crucified on it. I 
really, and here's, and this is where I, I jump out of scripture into my opinion. It's not counter to the word of God, but it's kind of like filling in a little bit of the void there. So understand that. Like there's not a secret scripture that I read that said this. Um, but this is just kind of how I see it, you know, playing out. Um, I doubt that Joseph even tried to convince anyone. He probably endured the shame in silence because the truth was dangerous. Truth is dangerous. And truth sounds like hate to people who hate truth. Amen? We're living there right now. We're here. We, 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 are, we are on the shore. We have, the, the troops have been landed. That is where we're at. Truth will sound like hate to people who hate truth. And there's nothing you can do to sugarcoat it. So don't try. All you can do is come out of agreement with God. Or stay in it and then be called sometimes hateful. No matter how much you love. Because truth Sounds like hate to people who hate the truth. Now, you see, I doubt that Joseph tried to convince someone because to convince someone, you know, like all the guys are like, uh, and I, uh, like I sat there and, you know, as I prepared this word and I, I saw in my mind's eye, I didn't see like a vision from God. Like, I, you know, I got an imagination, imagination station right here. Amen. So, um, but, but I was playing this out in my mind and, uh, and so you, you're close enough. It's a dangerous thing. Stand up. Um, white and black here. So he said, uh, you're Joseph. And then you can, you're trying to convince me and say, um, it's not what it looks like. Like this child that she's carrying is going to be a boy. He's the son of God. And I'm your boy. And I'm like, you okay? Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. Sure she is. Sure it is. Man, I'm sorry. Like, no, 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 no. No, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I know it is. It's not a good thing. It's really shameful, but I'm trying to help my boy because he's been uh, made a fool of. She's unfaithful. And I'll be like, I, I understand the whole thing that you're saying, but how about you just go a different direction because if she can't be faithful now, she's going to be faithful later. Like you're starting off your marriage with somebody else's kid. Um, it ain't too late, homie. Don't act like you wouldn't have said that. If it was your kid, if it was your bro, like, uh, I'm like, we don't have a real long track record with her. But it's like going on three and a half months, and it's already starting to show. So let's not. And he's, like, and he's trying to convince. And I'm like, you got to be careful. Don't say that too loud, because what if the Pharisees hear you say something like that? If the Pharisees hear that, I mean, that's what they crucified Jesus for in the first place, right? So why are they not going to crucify the purveyor of that truth? The first one to declare it. You know, they're going to slay, you know, Mary and Joseph. Who knows, you know, if, if he's preaching that kind of stuff. The reason Jesus got crucified because the religious people, they didn't want to hear the good news of the gospel. So what shape does that put them? They end up having to flee to Egypt anyway. It is not convenient to carry Christ, my friends. If you carry Christ, it's going to come with condemnation and criticism, sometimes from the people that you love the most. And lastly... The third thing, because I do like threes, the cost of carrying the Christ is the cross. It is the cross. So I just want you to, you know, let's get back into my Mary mode. What Mary had to go through in order to carry him. Now we leave the manger we leave all the hateful looks and criticisms because people don't understand the work that God has done in her. 
Now we have to make all new friends in Egypt and we're broke, we're destitute. Joseph's body probably gives out trying to work and do everything in the world he can to provide. And so he dies early. And now she's, you know, she's widowed. And all this, it's not enough. There's, there's one more thing. The last thing, Garrett absolutely knocked out of the park. What an awesome word from God. And he set me up to declare the last part of what God has for me to declare to you today. Because your son, the sacrifice of family, that slaps different. Even for us in the natural, we can just comprehend a little bit, right? Yeah. There, there, there's been times when my dad, I'm sure, wanted to, <laughs> you know, wanted to punt me, but um, in the end, it's, it, it slaps different, doesn't it? To imagine sacrificing that. So Mary is thinking there. She's sitting there thinking, I remember when I held him in my arms the first time. I remember when the angel spoke. I remember whenever he got lost. And I thought, what have I done? I've lost God. Ah, uh, what? How deep in hell am I going to go? If I lost God, what if I never see him again? He doesn't realize he's God. So what's he going to do? He's got supernatural powers. And he doesn't, he's, he's going to use them for good or evil? Like, you know, he, it's not evil. It's God. God is good. But what's it go? Oh, my God. Where is he at? Joseph, we lost God. She's thinking this out. We lost God. And then we got him back. And then, uh, and then I remember the time whenever I stopped mothering him. Because I'm a mom. And mother's going to mother. And so they brought all the, all the stuff out there. Like, oh, man, what's going on? Like, you know, we're, we're totally out of, out of wine for the wedding feast. This is a nightmare. This is terrible. What are we going to do? And so Mary, you know, she, she comes in, and, and uh, she's like, Jesus, do the thing. And he steps outside of that and says, it's my thing. It's not, it's not your thing to leverage. It's not really your, your role is kind of done in this. And she says, It's a weird mom, mom-son moment where she steps out of um, authoritative, um, biblical authority in his life, and then he stands as who he is, which is the son of God. And the miracles that come forth, the, the direction he's going to choose, she's no longer mothering. And she's like, man, that was, a, that was a hard moment, but it was one of the best moments because I looked at him. I was like, you are God. And I'm so grateful I got to hold you, and I got to walk with you, and I got to see your first steps, but, but you're God, and I'm not, and I bow at your feet, and she said, that was a weird moment for a second, like, everybody was like, you know, it was a weird moment in the room, but then it was the best moment, because I realized that you were God, and I stepped outside of that, and I realized that from that moment forward, you were going to carry us, and I was done carrying you, wow. and so she's sitting there thinking, all these moments, these awesome moments, the things that I've seen, the things that he's done, the role I get to play. And then she looks up. And she sees nailed to a wooden cross, bleeding so grotesquely that you can't even hardly see the baby that he was. Almost indiscernible. They've jerked out his beard. They've slapped him in the face. They've spit on him. They've stripped him mostly naked. And she tried to walk up there and then cover him up a little bit. But they, with a spear, they said, get back. She wants to go to him. But she can't. The hardest moment. What kind? 
mothers, fathers, friends, people in the house, how hard is it to see the most beloved part of your life and not be able to help in their hardest times? But you just have to trust God. That is going to come, and you're going to have to learn how to trust God because they're going to step outside of your authority. You better have packed their lunch with God, with faithfulness, with faithfulness to the house of God. You better have taught them that God's house was more important than any other house. You better have taught them that whenever they need and they're in desperate need, it is not the doctor who is the one that that the buck stops with. It is God. He's there in the midnight hour. That we trust him before anything else. And when everybody walks out, he'll still be there. You got to pack them with that kind of stuff. And it has to be real. Amen? Because there'll be a time when you see them on that proverbial cross and you cannot take them off of it because it's no longer in your power. But God will be there in the midst. All you will be able to do for them is what you've already done. Let me tell you, parents, let me preach on you a second. I know I'm taking a long time. It's all right. The fork in the road always comes earlier than you were planning. In every area of their life, you must be ready now. Jeremy, you walked through so much stuff, and you've showed them in difficult times. Shannon, you showed them in different times. But they need to see that now. You can't, you can't wait until all the hard stuff's over before you are who you're supposed to be. And you are, and I bless you for it. Derek, the time is now. you got a baby coming. The fork in the road is not, not as soon as the baby pops out. It's now. Garrett, it's right now. We can't get it together next year. We can't work on those two or three things that I need to work on next year. Josh, you can't work on it next year. The fork in the road always comes before you're expecting it, before you want it to come. It's now. The only thing that she could do, the only hug she could give him, the only embrace, the only love that she could pour out on him was what she had already done. And that comes always sooner than you think it will. Amen? So in closing, she looks and thinks of all the memories, all the times, and she sees him hanging there on that cross for all mankind. But I say this to you. The cost of carrying Christ for you will also be the cross. For did he not say, take up your cross and follow me. And it's not the one that hangs from your neck, it's the one that you hang from that counts. Amen? There's a cost. It is worth it. Because right. if you think that even through her tears streaming eyes, she looked upon Jesus and for one moment said, I wish it had been somebody else, you're wrong. What she has been through with Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to her. Even through the criticism and condemnation where people didn't understand, where people questioned the wisdom and the decision of trying to carry your own cross and be who you were called to be and do the things that you were supposed to do. Nobody understood and people came against it. However, it was worth it. I look up to Jesus and I say, it's worth it. 
all the misunderstandings, all the, all the inconvenience of that long journey, all the way to Bethlehem from Nazareth and back with the newborn baby, all the frustrations and fears, all the looks that I got as I had to, had to deal and walk this road alone, all of it was worth it because I see him there. And maybe in some small way, I got him there. And I can say I did it. And one of these days he's coming back and he's going to carry me to glory. The cross, I don't preach a gospel that is easy. I do not preach a gospel that is compatible with what is popular in this world today. I do not preach a gospel that is in agreement with the world's systems. There's a cross to carry. And it's not just figurative speech. It's real today as it was. And we're so blessed we can come together and have church. But there's a cost. And there may be more costs coming as I look around this world. He is worthy. The cost to carry Christ. I have decided in my home, I've decided in my life, in my heart. It is worth the cost to have Christ inside me. Now what I leave you with is just this humble question. Is it worth carrying him to you? There will be times when that baby kicks and you don't want him to kick. And I'm doing wrong and and I'm going in the wrong direction and that thing will kick. You got, you got Jesus on the inside. There will be times of sacrifice, times of hardship. Amen? But he is worthy.